Rational discussion, common sense, open debate. RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. As I mentioned earlier, we have received a statement from Kirsten Murphitt ex-Democracy NZ, and this is what it says. It is with deep regret that we, being Matt Shelton, Kirsten Murphy, and Lee Smith, have resigned as candidates and members of Democracy NZ. This follows its board firing fellow candidate Steve Cranston on Saturday, June 17, 2023, after he informed other candidates of the need to address a number of issues. The aim of our desired meeting was to achieve, one, full transparency of the members of the board and leadership, two, a change in party culture to stem the outflow of good people, three, a plan to delegate more responsibility and grow the party infrastructure, four, clarity on and unwavering commitment to policy principles and post-election strategy. They go on to say, without going into detail, our concerns revolved around, one, members of the board and a shadow leader which were not disclosed to us prior to us signing up as candidates. Two, the board's recent proposal to remove the entrenchment of the Bill of Rights from DNZ's policy. The mechanics of the Bill of Rights policy were the concept of a former judge. Three, the hemorrhaging of experienced and motivated members and volunteers due to the culture of DNZ. Many of those that have left the party are bitter about the way they have been treated and going out of their way to damage DNZ's brand. Four, the systemic issues that threaten the party and the board refuses to address and resolve these issues. We've been told that the board will no longer be transparent with its decisions and that if we do not like the way the party is conducted, we should resign. The culture of the party does not give us confidence that the party will be successful at implementing changes if we're taken into Parliament. And finally, they say we will continue to work tirelessly to represent and protect the people, especially those who have been rendered voiceless. We will consider all options, political, legal, community, etc., to reclaim our beautiful country for our descendants and the control of our destinies in the face of radical ideology. And that is basically the statement that RCR has received in the name of Kirsten Murphy, one of the Democracy NZ candidates who resigned over the weekend. And joining us now is the leader of Democracy NZ, Matt King. Matt, thanks for coming on. You've probably had better mornings would i be right yeah look um every now and then when you're doing something big you have hiccups along the way and this is you know this is a reasonable size hiccup but you know we carry on we've got plenty to do so i've just read a statement that we've received from kirsten murfitt sort of laying out why they resigned and i don't have time to read it again and and maybe you've seen it maybe you haven't first of all what is your understanding of what happened over the weekend okay well well basically the board made a decision to um deselect steve cranston our waikato candidate i don't want to go into the details around that all i want to say is that each one of the candidates that we have in our party are good people and uh they're all fully fully employed and they all have skills in certain areas and we have we have no ill will to any of them that's why they were candidates. But um, we had to deselect Steve for, for reasons. And he, he can, if he, I'll respond to any public statements he makes. But in, in the interim, I will tell you that um, I won't be making public statements about that. But, and as a result of that, four others that are connected with Steve um, resigned. Okay. So that's a bit of a, a walk. You know, it's multiple candidates. Yeah. A bit of a blow. Oh, look, it is. It is in the, in the fact that we've, um, you know, 
each one of those people um, had skills and you, we, we would have valued them and we do value them. But we have uh, uh, the remaining candidates. We have some very good quality people and, and they're all committed and united. So, um, you know, that in any organisation, you have people that leave and people that join um, for, for various reasons. It's actually quite normal. It's not like um, I read the stories about, oh, democracy NZ is imploding. We're, we're nothing from it. We've just I've just finished nine meetings in seven days around the North Island. From, from Wellington to um, Gisborne to Tauranga and through the Central North Island. And we, we had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people at each of the events and uh, we were well-received and, and very enthusiastic support. Um, we've got our Port Waikato man, Scotty Wright. He, he drove a tractor from Invercargill to Auckland on the No Fart Tour tax and No Tax, No Fart Tax Tour. And he actually did really well um, and he was re well-received spoke to hundreds and hundreds of people all along the way and received a massive welcome in most of the towns all the way up the, up the country. And so, no, we're, we're, you know, this is a setback, a disappointment, no doubt about it, but we are, um, it hasn't stopped us and it won't stop us. Some of the concerns in that uh, statement that we've received, full transparency of the members of the board and leadership. There's obviously the feeling that there's a lack of transparency. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm mystified by that because um, we have regular Zoom meetings where all the board members are on. So all the candidates, now all the board members can talk to them directly. They have all their phone numbers. If they would wish to converse with them, they could. Um, we, we have Zoom meetings every every fortnight. The, the, the party president is on those calls and board members are on whenever they're required. And at, at any request of any of the candidates, we could have a board meeting and have done. So that mystifies me that the transparency thing, there is no shadow leader. There is no, um, you know, secrecy around that. They're all known to them. So. Okay. Um, another one, a change in party culture to stem the outflow of good people. Has there been an outflow of good people? Look, the, people come and go. People have got alongside us in this party. Um, and then, and, and as they, as they got alongside us, some of them had agendas that we, recognised and they left us and they're now um, out, they're outside of the tent bagging us. That's just the nature of politics. You know, we started a new party and all these people come together and some of them have no history together. And we all have the ideals and we all have the, the master plan and we all have expectations, but sometimes reality is different from expectations. And, and so people are unhappy for various reasons and leave. And that's really normal. Um, anyone that's run an organisation with more than two or three people will tell you that people come and go. So I wouldn't say we had a mass exodus. We have, we've had people that come alongside us that we now recognise we're not genuine. That's a fact. Okay. Um, they say there is a lack of a plan to delegate more responsibility and grow the party infrastructure. Is the running of the party too tight? Look, um, I don't think so at all. We've got a board of six um, we have a, a, a core of people that work in the various, um, like the comms team and the policy team. Um, we have uh, people that help out with administration. Everyone's a volunteer. No one's on the payroll. Um, some people come into the organisation and offer help and then um, after a few short weeks realise this is pressure cooker stuff. This is hard work. And they fall by the wayside. That's quite normal. Um, if we, we if we ha if we had the ability to have paid staff like some of the major parties do, it would make it a lot easier. Um, but that's just the nature of a new party. So 
everyone works full time in our in our organisation as well as doing party work, and I'm and I'm no different. Okay, members of the board and a shadow leader, which were not disclosed to us, talking about the group here, prior to us signing up as candidates. Shadow leader? Who's the shadow look, leader? Look, Paul, um, I invite you to come on, get them to come on to the, and I imagine you will. That's just mischief making. There is no shadow leader. I am the leader. Everything we do amongst the candidates is up front. The reason why some board decisions are now kept in-house is because we recognise information that was within our tent was being leaked to our opponents, and we don't know by who, but we have our we have our 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 I guess suspects, and and so we decided and told the candidates that the board would stop making its decisions or the reasoning or the facts and evidence around the decisions public, that they were just going to have to accept that we were making the right decisions, and that's normal. I mean. As a candidate, when I was in the previous party, there was a board. We were never privy to the, their reasoning around any of the decisions they made. We just got the decision and had to accept it. And some of these people are not politically experienced. Most of them never been in political parties. The, the few that have have never been MPs. They've just campaigned occasionally. So so a politi- the political reality is you have to have structure. You have to have protocols. You have to have rules. And you have to meet legal requirements. And if you don't, you risk jeopardy of the whole party, and I will not allow that to happen. So, you know, um, we've had to run things a certain way to comply, really. Is there a shadow leader? There's no shadow leader. I'm the leader. There is no shadow leader. That's The board runs the party. We have six people in the board. They're all visible to all the candidates, um, and we we run the party openly and transparently. And, and as I said just before, the reason why some board decisions are now being kept under wraps is because we recognise that we had people leaking to our opponents. And then our opponents take that information and beat us around with it. And and, and we realise very early on that we've got to start being a little bit more, operating a little bit more like the other political parties' boards, a little bit more in-house. There's nothing secretive about it or, 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 or sinister in any way. It's just regular, normal board business. Okay. The board's recent proposal to remove the entrenchment of the Bill of Rights from DNZ's policy. The mechanics of the Bill of Rights policy were the concept of a former judge is one of the points they've made here. Has there been a recent proposal to remove the entrenchment of the Bill of Rights from your policy? You know what I'm going to say here, right here now, Paul, of the of the statement they made, I take issue with that the most, and that is absolutely false, and that's a misrepresentation, and that is mischief making by the candidates, and that really, of, of all the points in that in that that statement they made, so, so that's really a no, it. right? That's, that's a an no. absolute no. I have gone around the country for 84 meetings talking about the Bill of Rights. The wording that we we were using was entrenchment. And entrenchment means certain things in the legal circles, and we decided to rechange the wording for a more for, to a more user-friendly, understandable words, which is protect and preserve the Bill of Rights. So our position has not changed. That is the corner and cornerstone of our party, and that is and and so them putting that statement in there is mischief making at its best. They're trying to to, to, to mislead the freedom movement that somehow our position has changed, and that is an absolute falsehood. Okay, and a couple more in the very short time we have left. The systemic issues that threaten the party that the board refused to address and resolve. Are there systemic issues that are not being resolved? 
So this is where I would probably say the issue around people and political experience. Um, we as a board have to have to comply by certain rules and regulations. We have certain protocols around branding and messaging, and, and this is all stock standard political party stuff. So there's nothing new here. And some of these people have come into the party, and they have they they I mean they they have a an idea or I guess a, a, an expectation about how things are run not understanding that a political party has to be run by a board, decisions are made by the board, and the candidates have to comply with those decisions. And if they don't like it, their only option is to um, leave. So we've had really open and honest discussions. I spent hours talking to two of the people that left, um, face-to-face discussions with two of the people that left um, the last two days, explaining um, the reasons why we do certain things and why we can't share certain things and why things are just the way they are. And I thought that those discussions were pr- productive and that they accepted it. But now seeing them resign, I realised that obviously they didn't take on board what I said. But ultimately, I'm the party leader. I don't run the party. I have a big say in it because I'm on the board. And um, some people just disagree with what we do and say, and it's as simple as that. And their only option is to leave. Um, I've got to tell you this, though, Paul. Politics is a shark-infested environment. And some of these candidates I know are shell-shocked with what's with the environment they've come into. It's foreign to them. They didn't understand um, what's involved. And some of them are struggling and have been struggling with, with what's required. Because, for example, you have to fundraise um, to, to run a campaign. And each candidate is expected to fundraise. And some of them have really struggled with that. Um, and I get it. I understand that. But it's a reality. And it's just like every other political party. You have to fundraise to run your campaign, and money is everything. And and so some of the candidates working full time, trying to do everything, trying to do all the admin work, trying to uh, learn, and then trying to fundraise. It's been a real burden on them, and I, and I understand it's part of the job. Um, just finally, we had Cameron Slater on here earlier, and he and I asked him what he would advise you to do if if he were in that position in this situation, and he said. Do a poll in Northland, and if it if if it says you're not going to get over the line, call it quits like happened in the Auckland mayoralty. The um, conservative right leaning candidates pulled out when it was obvious that Wayne Brown was was going to take it. Is that something you would consider doing? Look, we, polls cost a lot of money, and yes, we would consider doing a poll. But um, you know what happened in the Dutch the Dutch um, Farmers Party? They they polled next to nothing in the lead up to the election, and they got twenty two percent. Cam Slater is um, is is a fan of New Zealand First. He, he's always pushing them. He's always got them on. He's always doing articles on them. He's always supporting them and has done in the past. But he doesn't understand the Northland electorate. The Northland electorate is not a blue-red horse race. The Northland electorate has Shane Jones. Northland electorate has a sitting list MP for ACT. The Northland electorate has a brand-new national MP, and it has a Labour MP that has been AWOL. And they have a former MP, me, that did one term, and I'd like to think um, did okay. And I also swam against the tide. The 2017 to 2020 election, I, I was one of the only MPs in the national government, national party that actually got more votes in 2020 than I did in 2017. Most of the rest of them lost thousands, so I swam against the tide. So the Northland electorate is a, a unique electorate, and the idea that um, it's that uh, that as as a new party starting up, being a party leader. Um, in that electorate that I don't have a chance, that's a myth. I have every chance of, of winning that electorate and I intend to campaign as hard as I can and com- and talk to Northland voters and, and, and seek their support. So I'll be doing that right through to 14th of October. 
So that is the leader of Democracy NZ, Matt King. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.